Since everyone has a gender journey, Gender Journeys is a podcast for everyone. That being said, we occasionally touch on mature themes and use strong language, so listener discretion is advised. everyone and welcome back to gender journeys the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context as always i am one of your hosts josie and i'm joined by your other host my lovely partner l hey y'all all right so what are we talking about on the podcast this week this week we are going to be talking about pronouns round two all right yes we already have an episode on pronouns but this is going to be a slightly deeper dive into the broader sense of what pronouns are and what Mm -hmm. pronouns exist, and also a couple of corrections from our first episode. Yeah, yeah, because our first episode came out before we had listeners, Mm -hmm. um, before we had even really ever posted the podcast. I don't think it had ever been posted. I think we recorded that before we posted the first one. Yep. And we were both also, well, I was in a similar place, at least as far as pronouns go with my gender journey. I was in a very different place Mm -hmm. in their gender journey. 100%. So yeah, we've got some we've got some things to update. Some updates for y'all. And those we're not gonna dwell on very much. I think that the bulk of this episode is going to be focusing on specifically the various different kinds of pronouns you can use, mm-hmm. ranging from the quote unquote standard. All right. <laughs> That's what I, I was thinking. Like we'll dive into the we'll dive into the language of standard. That's not it we'll dive. But ranging from the standard array of pronouns to some more obscure little known or individual individualized pronouns that you can utilize so yeah and then we'll talk a little bit also about standing up for those pronouns in the real world that we will hopefully be returning to this year one day we'll get off of our computers we'll see we'll see (laughs) all right so uh i guess i'll just start off real quick with my pronoun journey the Mm -hmm. update to my pronoun journey because it's it's nice and simple i can do it and i can do it in like under 30 seconds um i still use she her pronouns and i don't foresee that changing at any point in near future that was like under three seconds. You know what? It's just, it is nice to have <laughs> a binary static gender that everybody in the world, at least everybody in the English speaking world, knows what your pronoun is mm-hmm. and accepts and understands it. Yep. It is a privilege that I have. It's yep. a privilege that I've written about. <laughs> yep. It's a beautiful one. So how about you? How have your pronouns changed since the last time we talked about them? Boy, oh boy, y'all. My pronouns have changed in a variety of ways, but I think that the ways that inspired me to re-record this episode were in some conversations I've had with a couple of different people on my Discord about noun self-pronouns and about fluid pronouns, i.e. pronouns that change hour to hour, day to day, week to week, Mm -hmm. and really just revisiting what I think is possible for pronouns, I think. When I last recorded this, I kind of felt backed into a corner of like, I tried to go by any pronouns and that resulted in people just referring to me by my assigned pronouns. And I felt really like sad and defensive about that. Mm-hmm. So since then, I've been pretty consistently mm-hmm. <laughs> gendered um, they, them, which has given me a little bit more like emotional breathing room to really consider what might be possible right? rather than like last time we recorded a pronouns episode, I was coming very much from a space of like, what can I get? Like, I, I can't get what I want. So mm. what, what can I get? And now yeah. I'm like, 
okay, so like this is all right. Like what what can we reach for? What can be aspirational? What could be like really fun and yeah. actually fulfilling? Right, because because I think specifically one of the things that you have mentioned to me that you're not uh, standing by from the old episode <laughs> is that at one point we said you said. We said, we both said, this Thank is you. our podcast. We all agree on, or we all, <laughs> Josie and I and our cats, and our cats, all agree on everything that goes into the episode at yes. the time that it goes in. Yeah. We said that it felt like a burden to ask other people to switch pronouns. That was the very specific thing that you mentioned to me that it like, yeah. was a, I mean, that's, that's one of our, that's one of the, that's the main correction that we're going to go into here. And right. basically this idea that um, asking people to use pronouns that they are unfamiliar with is itself a burden that you are placing on them. Right. It can be a learning curve and it can be emotional labor on their part, but that doesn't make it a burden and it doesn't mean that you as an individual are unworthy of it. Right. And we're going to dive into that once we dive into some of the like actual logistics of different pronouns. Yeah. But I do, I think that that is the big correction that I want to give for Mm -hmm. our previous episode. And I do just think it came from me kind of being in a scarcity mindset of like, well, people aren't yeah what what can i get like what can i fight for like what scraps can i pick up as opposed to like what would actually make my gender feel fulfilled and happy and so now we're in a place with your just to kind of wrap up your pronoun stuff Mm -hmm. where you use they them with almost everybody pretty much everybody you use she her around a lot of your family for Mm -hmm. gender and logistical reasons yeah mostly gender reasons mostly gender reasons and i switch your pronouns all the time depending on how you want me to refer to you constantly it's so much fun we'll also get into that josie's amazing (laughs) anybody that's had these conversations with me knows josie's wonderful thank you for that so shall we dive into the spectrum of pronouns that i'm that we're kind of creating right now from standard to individual i'll say yeah let's do let's do it what are what are pronouns tell me more So I want to start with this whole standard thing. Mm -hmm. I want to be super, super clear that when I say standard, because I will have to use it as a definition, like Mm -hmm. I have to use it as a term. But when I say standard, I do not mean better than, I do not mean... Default or normal. I do not mean normal at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I literally mean standardized. I literally mean that it has been in dictionaries for ages and ages and ages, and you are taught how to use standard pronouns in grade school. That's what I mean. That doesn't make it better. A lot of things that were taught in grade school are, in fact, much worse. Right, right. (laughs) Um, But it means, I mean, standardized. Yeah. And the standardized pronouns in the English language are he, she, and they. Mm -hmm. They is a standardized pronoun. People are, not everybody's ready for that conversation, y'all, but it is. It has been a standardized pronoun for a very long time. And it's a standardized singular pronoun. Yes. So let's just get that off the bat. That's level, sorry, that's maybe level one or two. Yeah, that's very low level of the the, uh, figuring out how pronouns work. I still think that level one is that uh, pronouns are not intrinsic to an individual. They can be changed. Yeah, that's fair. They don't, no one is stuck with their pronouns for their whole life. Right. So the most standardized, the most like taught in our English classes, the most everybody who speaks English fluently knows how to speak the standard pronouns. Mm-hmm. Those are he, she, and they. Mm-hmm. And technically it, but don't call someone it unless they very specifically tell you that. They, unless they, they want can. you to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the standard pronouns for people are he, she, and they. Yeah. Because it is, is a neo-pronoun when referring to people. Hot take. I know. We're getting into some grammatical let's stuff. Move, let's move into what neopronouns <laughs> are first. We need to have a definition. Oh, yes. Okay, okay, okay. A definition of neopronouns is that neopronouns are any set of singular third-person pronouns 
that are not officially recognized in the language they are used in, typically created with the intent of being a gender-neutral pronoun set. So again, that's that officially recognized. That's why they're not standard. Right. Neo-pronouns are literally any pronouns that are gender-neutral and um, singular third person. So that's like they that are not taught to second graders when they're learning how to write in English. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's all they are. <laughs> they don't appear in dictionaries usually. They don't, although sure. I think that some dictionaries currently have like ZZM in them. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know I don't know if ZZM then doesn't get to be counted as a neo pronoun anymore. Mm-hmm. That feels rude. I think it still gets to be counted. <laughs> but maybe it's in like an in between stage. Yeah. Speaking but, of in between spaces, aren't there some pronouns that are Yes, there are. Oh, that segue. So there are some pronouns. <laughs> We're so good at podcasting. <laughs> We're so good. Um, there's some pronouns that were never standardized. They never made it into the overarching standard English, quote unquote, but they were gender neutral pronoun sets in specific vernacular. So specific Mm -hmm. like dialects of regional areas. Mm -hmm. There are three of those. I don't know a ton about them, so I'm not an expert and I might mispronounce them. That's true for everything we're going to say in this podcast. My (laughs) deepest apologies. But the two regional nominative pronouns that are really interesting to me are A, which is, it's just the letter A, and then U, which is O-U, both of which are literally from so long ago, longer ago than people really like to imagine non-binary people existed. A was first documented in the 14th century, where U was first documented in the 16th century. Mm-hmm. Both were from English writers, like in Britain. Mm-hmm. Which I think is only really notable because we're talking about English language right here. A lot of languages just inherently have non-gendered pronouns. And a lot of languages are way worse off than English and don't have even what English has. Right, yeah, because a lot of languages inherently gender everything. everything. <laughs> and don't have don't, don't have something like they, them that has the history that they, them has. Yeah. Which is really challenging. I don't speak Spanish fluently, but I do believe Spanish has issues that fall into that. that yeah, boat. I, I've, seen, I've seen some discourse around that online, so. Yeah. yeah. The third regional no- nominative pronoun that this article brings up is also yo, which is quoted as being a gender-neutral pronoun in AAVE, which is African American Vernacular English. It's said to not have a reflexive, so the thing about regional dialectical pronouns is they might not actually have all the conjugations yeah. because they might only be used in certain contexts. contexts. Yo was studied for the first time in 2007, and... I don't know a ton about it, but I love the idea of there being another pronoun specifically from AAVE. Um, we need to do a little more research on that one before we said anything definitive about it, though. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So those are regional nominative pronouns. That's one step away from our standard pronouns. Mm-hmm. Then we can move to neo-pronouns. So neo-pronouns are a little bit newer. That's mm-hmm. another way that we're kind of organizing this. It's moving away from standard, but it's also getting newer, which, I mean, things that are around for a long time get standardized. That's just kind of the natural way of it. That's how it be. We can, again, look at ZZM as already going on that journey. Yeah. But neo-pronouns have generally been created in the last, like, 200-ish years. Again, mm-hmm. we're not talking about the last, like, five years. We're not talking mm-hmm. about, like, since Tumblr was created. No, no. We are still talking on this time scale of centuries and decades. Mm-hmm. And pre-internet. Mm-hmm. So neo-pronouns have the distinction of being created in their entirety. So they generally have all of the conjugations. Mm -hmm. They're created in their entirety for the specific purpose of being gender neutral. Right. Um, And they are actively created. Whereas the regional dialect ones kind of happen organically. There's linguist 
words for these things. I don't know them. Mm -hmm. Um, But neo-pronouns much more are like somebody sat down and was like, I'm going to create a new set of pronouns because I don't like the ones that are available to me. Mm And then created it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the one, the examples that a lot of people are currently familiar with are the more Tumblr-y examples. I see. Um, yeah. the, well, the newer ones, The for newer sure. ones. Well, mm-hmm. I think that the, they're, more, they're more familiar with them because they're newer, and so they get, like, dunked on a lot. <laughs> yeah. But these have existed for a long time. Right, to which case, the first documented or one of the first known instances of a neo-pronoun, so something that was purposefully created, is thon, thons, and thon self, which was created in 1858. It's yeah. not new, y'all. It's not new. It's not new. I also know there's a there's like an A-M air that is the A-E, A-E-R, A-E-M, I think mm-hmm. is how it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, there have been several forms of E which were independently created over the last few years. That makes sense. But... One of the earliest was in 1890. So yeah. yes, it's pronounced differently, and I'm not sure how. Mm-hmm. The one that was created in 1890 is just E. It's mm-hmm. E-M-S. Whereas the one you're talking about is A-Air-Air-Air-Self, mm-hmm. um, which is A-E. Mm-hmm. And that was created in 1920 for a novel called The Voyage to Articus by David Lindsay, and it was for an alien race. Right. Which... It's its own thing. It's a whole different conversation that we're not going to dive into. Non-binary people are not inherently non-human. Yeah, so like these things have existed for a long time. People have been making them and using them since the 1800s. Yep. Also, there's one that I've never heard of, which is Co-Co-Co-Self, C-O, and then mm-hmm. C-O-S, which was created in 1970, so it's not quite as old, but it's still used in the legal policies of a place in Virginia, Twin Oaks, Virginia. It's apparently on their website. Interesting. Go Google it. Good stuff. You know? Yeah. The neo pronoun that I see most often mm-hmm. is the Zemzers. Yep. Which is spelled X-E, X-E-M, as opposed to Z-E, which is pronounced slightly differently. Some places that I've read say they're pronounced actually identically. I've heard that the Z-E is more like Z and X-E is Z, but... The XE set of pronouns has its own flag. It's one of the only pronoun sets that has its own flag, so it has that fun distinction. <laughs> and it is, it's being standardized. I think it's been put into some dictionaries. It's like very much. It's been put into some dictionaries. It's been used in a lot of fiction lately. It's been used in a lot of fiction, yeah. both when somebody is gender non specific, like when you just don't know somebody's gender yet, and when somebody is. Um, gender expansive or non-binary. Yeah. There are also n- other non-standard pronouns, which are not specifically neo-pronouns, but also are not standard pronouns. This is where it falls because some people do go by it and that's beautiful and wonderful, mm-hmm. but it's not a standard pronoun for people in the English language. So it does still count as non-standard, but it also wasn't created right. for this. So it's not a it, neo-pronoun. It doesn't fall into that like category of a person sat down and was like, what are all the conjugations of pronouns and how can I make those into a pronoun I like better? Right. Other examples of like quote-unquote non-standard pronouns can involve, can be no pronouns. Valid. Valid. Full stop. Does it require grammatical hoops to jump through sometimes? Yes. Is mm-hmm. it another skill that you can pick up? Yes. It's valid. These are all things that I'm going to go on a writer rant real quick. (laughs) But like the thing with pronouns that I have realized in my writing is sometimes pronouns are a nice tool. Like if you're writing and you don't want to use like a person's name over and over, you can, and especially if you have people of two of two or multiple different genders in one scene, it's really easy to switch between pronouns and switch between names. It looks nicer. Mm -hmm. But however, that is not an excuse. Nope. And 
a pronoun can be literally anything as mm-hmm. long as you make your antecedents clear. Like people will be able to pick up on it. It is in our grammar. It's hard to say out loud. Maybe that is maybe a learning curve, but especially if you have the um, luxury of being able to go back and re-edit your prose, this is you, you could make anything a pronoun. Yep. I also just found out that no pronouns are sometimes called non-pronouns, which is cool. Just as an FYI, there is a word for it. Also, null pronouns. Interesting. 10 out of 10. That's good to know. There's also alternating pronouns, which I've heard as like accepts any pronouns. If somebody says they accept any pronouns, in my opinion, the coolest thing to do is use alternating pronouns for them, Mm -hmm. which is like within the same sentence referring to them by different pronouns, which again is another thing that like, can that be a bit confusing if you're not used to it? Yes. Mm -hmm. But also... But if you're only talking about one person and you're using a singular antecedent... And if it's in the same sentence, like, you're fine. Yeah. Can you define antecedent? Because, like, some of us hasn't taken an English class in mm, almost a decade. <laughs> That's a fair point. An antecedent <laughs> is the noun that a pronoun refers to. So when you say Josie is so cool, she is so lovely, <laughs> Josie is the antecedent to the pronoun she. Right. And so if I had, if, like, for instance, my cat Claire used alternating pronouns or any pronouns, and I was like... Claire can be loud. Sometimes she just likes to scream when we don't feed him. It's still clear that I didn't I didn't start talking about a different cat in the end of my sentence. Yeah. For that yeah. him. Like the SATs would mark that as an incorrect sentence. The SATs mark a lot of shit wrong that is <laughs> racist. <laughs> it's a different podcast. <laughs> Alright, so let's 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 move on then to Okay. Noun self pronouns. Yes, noun self pronouns. Noun self pronouns are really fun. I'm excited about these because this is something that I have very recently started learning more about and I kind of I kind of vibe with them in just terms of like I don't know, I think that gender is a very beautiful and diverse thing and we don't give it enough credit for that and right. noun self pronouns. You're diving in though, I need to give a definition okay, of noun self pronouns yeah. before you go that far, hun. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Noun self pronouns are a type of neopronouns. Okay, so, you know, we're queer. We love our nesting umbrellas. Noun self pronouns are a type of neopronoun typically used by Zenic individuals that can be used by non-Zenics as well that derive a pronoun from an existing word. Okay. Again, we're queer. We like our nesting things. Okay, I'm going to give you a nested definition, which is a definition for Zenic. Zenic or xeno-aligned is a term used to describe people whose gender is aligned with something that doesn't fit in the Western human binary of gender alignments. So that was a lot of like actual definitions. Basically, noun selfs pronouns are pronouns that are created from a word. That's why they're neopronouns. They're specifically created. They're created from a word to better describe somebody's gender, especially somebody's gender who falls completely completely outside of our idea of what gender might be. Mm-hmm. Noun self pronouns are one of those things that people sometimes rag on or call silly because mm-hmm. they, they feel, I mean, they, they fall into that category of things that people want to be like social justice warriors, special snowflake stuff. But I think that something importantly about them is that this idea that they are used to describe gender experiences that are outside the Western or human or like our just, just standardized concept of what gender is i think that that is a very beautiful thing as i was about to say before we need a definition because i think (laughs) i have started to conceptualize the idea of gender for myself and for the people around me as this like very beautiful very personal very intrinsic aspect of yourself which is how you interact with the world around you and how you interact in society Mm -hmm. and it is infinitely more complicated than a simple binary choice or even a simple choice between like five to six identities. Right. 
it is a very layered, built up thing that is the reason that it's really hard to define exactly what it right. is. And so noun self pronouns, in my understanding, are just a really great way for people to kind of be like, I feel more connected to this concept and probably the way that that concept is inter- is interpreted in my culture mm-hmm. than I feel connected to the concept of woman or man. Right. Whereas some people maybe do feel very connected to the concept of woman or man mm-hmm. because what that means in our society mm-hmm. connects with what their concept themselves is. But that's not true of everyone. And then right. now self-pronouns give us more ways to express our gender. Right. I think that that last point really resonates with me because I think noun self pronouns are such a beautiful extension of the fact that pronouns are just part of gender expression. Right. They're an essential part of gender expression. There may be a, a particularly intrinsic part of gender expression. And this gives people whose gender falls even further outside of like our standard mm-hmm. ideas of gender a way to express that gender that they wouldn't necessarily otherwise be able to. Because like, I think a lot of our more standard quote unquote gender expressions are still limited by like what's available. So like when we think about gender expression, we often think about clothing, right? Mm -hmm. Cool. Great. Love it. 10 out of 10. But clothing, literally the clothing that we have access to and the clothing that it is societally acceptable to wear in outside your home. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking like society frowns on like, people with penises who wear dresses. I'm talking about society requires that you cover up your penis if you have one. Like mm-hmm. literally the things that you are allowed to play with, the confines that are intrinsically set in our society, there are genders that might, might fall outside of that. Right. Um, right. Or not be able to be expressed by clothing. <laughs> or, I mean, also, I think that this could be, it could be helpful to do a specific example. Do you, do you have one Yeah, Yeah, so I was, um, as I've been learning about noun self-pronouns, I really, and scenic genders in general, I think that, I'm not sure that's where my gender journey would take me. I'm not sure that I would identify fully mm-hmm. with a scenic gender. But I'm hella fluid. So, you know, I like to think about these things and like to put myself in these shoes. And I think mm-hmm. I do it in very genuine ways. I think that's part right. of my fluidity. And I think that if I was going to like kind of identify my gender with something that is outside of the concept of gender in our culture, it would be with the idea or with the image of water and particularly, of course, the lake. But that's another that's mm-hmm. another thing. Yeah. I think that I, my gender vibes with a lot of pieces of water. I think mm-hmm. of fluidity Mm. i think of healing i think of all-encompassing i Mm. think of i think of a lot of things so if Mm. i wanted to create like if i if i wanted to walk that path further and i did want to identify specifically with a xenogender revolving around water like how how the fuck do you express that explain to me what what clothes am i gonna wear what am i gonna do to express to people that that's my gender like how am i gonna feel fulfilled in that and i think that noun self pronouns are a really interesting way Mm -hmm. that like that you can express literally way more so than clothing whatever you want right right (laughs) and i I think the the important distinction here keeping with this idea of water is that it's not necessarily that like if l were to embody that xenogender Mm -hmm. It's not that you would be like, I am a being made of water. I am literally water. I am the lake made form. I mean, like you might, because like that's some cool spiritual implications. But also like that is, I think a lot of people's confusion when you get into the idea that people are like, you know, they identify their gender with the sky or the stars or with water Mm -hmm. or with like the earth. It starts to kind of feel like, well, you're not, you're not that you are a person. It's like, 
I know. <laughs> the thing the, the thing that people are actually trying to express with this, at least in my understanding, is that I feel a connection to how my culture has personified right. or has like what this symbolizes in my culture. So right. like you said, fluidity, healing, especially healing cuz like water is inherently fluid. We didn't like that's not a cultural concept of water. Mm-hmm. It does that. But like Water as healing is a very cultural concept. There are yeah. lots of things that heal much more than water, especially lake water. Not good. Don't yeah. drink that. It will not heal you. But like we have a cultural mm-hmm. understanding that like water is somehow healing. Right. And like the idea of flow in water also like that depends on the body of water. Rivers, That's true. Rivers flow, but lakes cycle. They tide. And so right. like, so, so there is that sort of like, it does, it depends on what the cultural context for what you're talking about actually is. And that is a beautiful way to approach your own gender journey and right. your own gender experience. Is And I think that I just want to put a huge disclaimer on all of this. The beauty, th- the beauty of xenogenders and non-self pronouns is that they are different for everybody. This is like right. my exploration of what I think that my gender journey, it's like me looking down the path of my gender journey. If I were to go into the forest marked xenogender. Yeah, right. <laughs> Forest in a very positive way, not forest, like a dark, gloomy forest. No, I love forests. <laughs> but I think that the beauty of them is that it can mean something different for everybody. And I think one of the, our tenets here at Gender Journeys is that in an ideal world, we would get to know another person's gender. It wouldn't yes. be something that like they tell you. It'd be something that over weeks and months and years of knowing somebody, you get to explore and learn more about their gender, yes. similar to how we think about like personalities or cultures right now. And noun self-pronouns really embody that to me because, like, the surface level is if somebody tells you the – just use them. If somebody tells you their pronouns, you use them. Yeah. Full stop. You can make mistakes. You can need to learn. But you continually try to use them and then eventually you just use them. Yeah. You don't have to know anything about them. You don't have to ha- ask any questions. You just use them. That's giving other people around you dignity. But then if it's a noun self-pronoun at some point – Maybe not the first time that this person introduces the use of noun self-pronouns to you, but maybe eventually as you get to know this person, you can ask, like, why these pronouns in particular? You can start to have conversations about that. You can start to get to know their gender better. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing. Like, that's the goal. Yeah. And noun self-pronouns are making it happen. And I think that's so cool. Yeah. But we're not done. There's deeper. We can go deeper. Oh, we can go deeper. <laughs> so there's also, like, another – oh, there's another nested umbrella – so we got went from pronouns to neo pronouns to noun self pronouns, and now under noun self pronouns, there are emoji self pronouns, which are pretty self explanatory. If you are making an emoji self pronoun, you take an emoji. Let's say the wave emoji to continue with my whole mm-hmm. water gender idea, and it would be the equivalent of he would be the wave emoji, and the equivalent of his would be the wave emoji apostrophe s, and the equivalent of himself would be the wave emoji self. Right. Um, And so it's super standardized. Mm -hmm. Honestly, conjugating it is easier than conjugating some neo-pronouns because there's no, it's it's just the emoji that changes, which is phenomenal. It allows another layer of expression. It allows another avenue of things that you can vibe with. <laughs> and, and I mean, I think that that's the thing with the emoji self, from what I understand, is that they are even more specific in feeling than noun self, because emojis, I mean, the whole point of them is they give you a vibe. Like, you see an emoji and you get a vibe, and you can't necessarily put that vibe Pictures with a million words. Yeah, like, I mean, the expression is thousand words, but... Maybe emojis are worth a million words, huh? <laughs> Ever thought about that? <laughs> but like that, 
I mean, that, that's different for everybody, but like somebody sees a wave emoji and they might think one certain way about like how like that might make them feel a certain way and mm-hmm. they might connect with that really well. And so then they're like, this is a better way of expressing my internalized self than any other pronoun really could be. Right. And so emoji self pronouns are generally meant to be used online because emojis cannot be verbalized. However, people who use emoji self pronouns can then either use a standard pronoun in spoken word when Mm -hmm. they're speaking out loud they could use like they them or even he she they could also use any of the neo pronouns they could also use a noun self pronoun that's based on the emoji so again if it if i was using the wave emoji online i could use something like wave waves and wave self and that would be just like translating it back into a noun self pronoun Mm -hmm. and so i think that i think that that also plays into this idea that gender could be a beautiful thing that you get to know about somebody. Because maybe mm-hmm. the first time somebody introduces themselves to you, they don't feel like, you know, introducing a whole new word. They don't really know for sure that you are on the up and up with like noun, self, pronoun, conjugation. And so they just go in and they're like, hey, yeah, my pronouns are them. Right. And then like, you know them for a couple of weeks to months and they're like, I think you're really cool. So just so you know, like my pronouns are like actually this, like this is the ones that feel more authentic to me. Right. And then in text conversation, you start noticing that they're using the emoji self pronouns and like it just like eventually you get to know that better about them and you can learn about why that is how that is intrinsic to themselves yes i love it and i think that kind of brings us to like our final point which is this idea of like wanting to be referred to by pronouns that are incrementally further away from quote-unquote standard pronouns Mm -hmm. being a burden on people around you and i think that at the end of the day the fundamental truth is everybody deserves to be called what they want to be called yeah I do think that also at the end of the day, changing pronouns and using various different pronouns is itself a skill. So something that I try to give a lot of empathy for is when people who have the best intentions use she, her for me just because they literally don't realize that they're using a pronoun, Right. which like, that's out of the goodness of my heart. I deserve to be called what I want to be called and people deserve the grace to go on their own learning journeys of how to switch up pronouns. And I think since the last time we've recorded the pronouns episode, we have interacted with and referred to and talked about, positively talked about, but talked about various people who use various non-standard pronouns, be Mm -hmm. those noun self pronouns, be those no pronouns. I use DZM for a hot second. Yeah, I still sometimes use DZM for you. Right. Like out and about here. So be those neo pronouns. So I think something that I've learned by doing that, by mm-hmm. literally picking up those skills, that first off, it's a skill. It is. Yep. It's tricky at first, and there is yeah. there's a level of understanding that needs to be given to people as they're learning how to refer to you correctly. But at the same time, that doesn't mean it's a burden, and it doesn't mean you shouldn't expect them to do that learning. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like it's it's completely possible. I mean. It always takes time to learn a new word. It does. The first time you learn a new word, it takes a while for you to be able to incorporate it in such a way that you can use it casually in sentences. Right. And I think that's where noun self-pronouns and, and neo-pronouns fall for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think that there are a variety of skills that one needs to require to be fluent in referring to people however they want to be referred to. Right. And I think that Josie is the beacon of hope in doing this because <laughs> Josie's a freaking goddess at it. And I think that the first one is just being able to identify when you're using pronouns full stop. People that have never had to change anybody's pronouns around them don't know when they're using pronouns. Yeah. It's muscle memory. My hot tip is to, in your brain, every time you gender somebody, stop and consider how you gendered them. Yes. Even if they're not a person who is 
trying to use a non-standard pronoun or a pronoun that you're not used to. Because, like, I do that, I've done that, I do that with, well, I don't do it with strangers anymore because I don't see strangers anymore. (laughs) But I used to do that when I used to, like, volunteer at the co-op. If I noticed that I was just, like, in my head casually gendering someone as she, her, I would just, like, gently acknowledge that I was doing it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be like, why am I thinking that that person's a woman? I don't know their internal story. Like, you know, like, I... People express their gender. People try to express their... People express their gender. But I would, like, note it while I was, like, checking somebody out. I'd be like, interesting. So, like, I am... Or not even interesting. Just like, okay, I am gendering this person. Right. And that process of, like, noting when you are doing it does... It's not something most people have done. So give them time to do it. Yes. Regardless, even if if you are switching from within the standard quote-unquote pronouns, if you are binary trans and switching to another standard pronoun, or if you are trying to use they-them pronouns, people literally just don't know when they're using pronouns and mm-hmm. it takes time. So that's skill number one, is literally being able to flag when you're using pronouns. Skill number two is being able to conjugate pronouns correctly. That goes for they-them as well, because mm-hmm. you have to pr- conjugate the little words that I don't know what are called is and are correctly. For I mean, because they, them, even if they, them is a singular pronoun, it uses plural um, conjugations. No, there's word. There, what, are, what is is and are called? They're, they're, they're types of verbs. They're a type of verb. I don't know what kind of verb they are. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, but it is, it is a skill to learn how to conjugate they, them. Because it's it a is. Because the word they, them uses are instead of is mm-hmm. i don't remember what those what the word i don't either but is. you know but and then also in addition every then every neo pronoun or noun self pronoun that somebody has to learn to conjugate is another skill on top of that mm-hmm. and that is not that doesn't mean that people shouldn't learn it people should learn new skills that's good for your brain you know what people should be out here learning new things but it does mean that there will t- be some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also similarly learning to use alternating pronouns or learning to use no pronouns or learning to use learning to use non-stand- other non-standard pronouns is also a skill to themselves. Or using learning to use fluid pronouns, learning to be able to change pronouns regularly mm-hmm. is like a mastery of all of these skills. Yeah. And I mean, like it is a skill and it's something that like you can, you can give people grace for. Mm-hmm. And you can ask for grace in it. Yep. Don't abuse that privilege nope. to uh, ask for grace. And don't feel like you are a burden for yep. asking people to make sure they actually are doing the work. Right. Yep. There's there's a happy balance there between yeah. like you deserve to be called what you want to be called. People deserve to be given the time and grace they need to learn as long as they are actively learning. Yeah. And yeah. also... Trying to remember that people are learning these skills. I think that's why it's so important for me to talk about this because it's important to remember that people are learning skills. They're not not seeing you. They are learning their own skills. They are going on their own little mini version of a gender journey. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) A a gender hike. (laughs) A a gender hike. (laughs) Okay, we can end it now. I'm done. I'm done on my ranting on pronouns, maybe, (laughs) until episode three. I mean, pronoun episode three. (laughs) We will... uh, Pronouns are important because and they're an evolving concept. They're an evolving concept. Things are going to change as we go along. We will absolutely be talking about pronouns again. Right. We might do a dedicated episode to one of the various types of pronouns that we talked about today. Oh, we'll hell see. yeah. That'd be cool. Like yeah. ZZM. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Or like do a dedicated emoji. Self. It, we'll, we'll do more. There will be more pronouns in this podcast future. That is just a part of the mm-hmm. gender journeys experience. Yay! But... I think this is where we're going to leave it for this week. Yes. So uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I'm joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Al. Bye, y'all. And until next time, 
just keep thinking about it. Yay! Music for Gender Journeys composed by Sonia Badash. If you want to stay up to date with Gender Journeys episodes or just want to say hi, you can follow us on Twitter at gender underscore journeys or on Tumblr at genderjourneys.tumblr.com. You can also find us online at josiewrites.com slash genderjourneys. We hope to hear from you soon. Thank you.